Greetings to every single one of you. Welcome to Kingdom Keys. This is Apostle Max. It's the place where we speak all things kingdom. To you, it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. To everybody else, all things comes in parables. Praise the Lord. We're in a wonderful season on teaching on prayer and the power of the prayer grid and getting everybody to begin to pray across the globe. We have a vision and a mandate of 40,000 people connecting together on the platform to pray churches, families, uh, schools, universities, businesses. We want everybody online to be praying and to be connecting in prayer. We really believe that there's a movement taking place and God wants you to understand prayer in the season. The revelation of prayer, what it means to be in the kingdom of God, what it means to pray to our Father. We're using the Our Father as the model to develop us in prayer and to bring us into what God has got for us. But let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for your amazing grace, for your wisdom, for the revelation and the season you called us into. I thank you, my God, today that you would show forth your power. I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to come upon us. I pray that every heart be prepared to receive this word. Father, remove every kind of confusion, but give us understanding. That is our prayer. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, Amen and Amen. So we are developing in uh, the prayer grid. There are two really important models that you need to understand. The first model, of course, is dealing of how to frame your world. You must frame the right belief system to pray right. You need to know what God's intention was and what God's boundary is. And also uh, the authority that God has got in the earth and what works for you. Why you need to understand the word of God, because he is a king and wherever the word of the king is, there is power. The boundaries, heaven and earth, and of course, eternity, and that you should be knowing by now. And of course, God's intention is that there be a father, he's our father, and there is a son who is Jesus and who is the firstborn of many sons. And so you come out of the same, you are born again, and you are born of incorruptible seed of the word of God. And the Holy Spirit is there working inside of you to produce the very life of God inside of you that God intended for you. That's his plan and that's his purpose. So remember that the spirit of God needs the word of God to make us like the son of God. You must remember that. This is God's intention. You look at the earth, what the Holy Spirit's busy with right now and bringing the glory of the father into the earth for the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And when you understand that, you'll see the Holy Spirit at work in every heart, in every mind to raise up sons that know how to pray and to bring understanding and revelation about the importance of praying right. What we're doing for you in the season is really powerful and it's very simple. All I'm doing for you in the next couple of weeks is laying a foundation. What's going to happen through you as you study the scriptures and you get your belief system right using the power of the prayer grid, you're going to be able to develop a beautiful a um, building of prayer. You're going to build your life in prayer for your children, for your family, for our nation, for your healing, for your finances, for your purpose. This is the intention of God. You're going to frame your world by the word of God. As you can see, the frame we've laid out for you as where Jesus came to fulfill the purpose and the will of his father. And he he went to live for his father and doing what the father called him to do. 
He said, I do nothing outside of the will of my father. This is where he functioned. Now you need to do the same. It's God's plan. And he is the sample son to bring you and I into that place. And one of the key things of understanding what Jesus done is that he always came to honor the father. This is my teaching for today. We are in the, 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 the prayer grid. Have a look at the prayer grid for me quickly. Let me show you what the prayer grid looks like. Uh, you are dealing with your father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. The first three statements that he laid out is number one, to build fellowship and relationship, to be clear about where the power comes from, to be clear about why we are here. He then moves into thy kingdom come, thy will be done, and I will be dealing with that next. So the middle of it, the first three uh, stones, we got 12 stones. Within the first three, you got your connection with your father. The next six has got to do with the command upon the earth that you can call in his kingdom in the earth so the kingdom can function for you and your family and your household. Everything that you're looking for from purpose, potential, your future, um, the reason why you're here, your connection to your father, the, the, the five life questions, all of that is answered in the kingdom of God. Glory be to God. It is so powerful. My life has changed forever since we've gotten into the kingdom of God and uh, stepped out of just going to church because we found out that the church is the vehicle through which the kingdom moves. But Jesus came to usher in a brand new kingdom. And this kingdom has got everything you're looking for. And the more you study the kingdom and, it's, and the power of the kingdom, you'll find the kingdom is within you. And uh, we will get into that in, because that was the next six things he prayed for. And then he ended up by saying, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. And that final three has got to do with your results. So the first three has got to do with your relationship. The, the next three has got to do with um, uh, the rules for engagement. The next six. And the final three has got to do with the results. So you can start documenting as your breakthrough comes in. We had some tremendous miracles. Um, one particular son raised from the dead, basically. And another woman in service, just her eyes uh, that she couldn't see. And she, the miracle in the, in the service. Glory be to God. She got 20-20 vision. She came and she ran out after the service and said, look, man, I can actually see. And so glory be to God. So you mark that under thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. What are you doing? You're giving God the credit. Are you with me? You give God the credit because it comes from his kingdom and it came because of his name and it became because of his anointing. And that's what all kings are looking for. They brag on their kingdom because they, they show forth the muscle of what the kingdom can do. And you need to know that's how kingdoms work. They brag on what has happened. So you've got to give God credit for every breakthrough financially, your finances, your family, your home. You watch my life. I got nothing else to boast on. I can't go to a world system anymore. I've, I've broken from that 25 years ago. I came into the kingdom of God and every breakthrough from healing finances, the future, the, everything that God is doing, it belongs to the, um, amen, 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 the glory of God, to the glory of God. And one day when all is said and done, we'll take our crowns and we'll lay it at the feet of the one who, who gave us this kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. So as we get into this today, we, I'm still focusing on relationship. I've been spending a bit of time on relationship because I think that people miss it completely when it comes to prayer. They rush through this prayer with no real understanding. These are 12 stones. 12 is governmental order. God's bringing order into your life. But I'm still 
feel that you still need an added teaching, and we'll just add this as to help you understand the importance of our Father who art in heaven, this third piece we need to stick with. Hallowed be thy name. We are dealing with honor. So let's get into that today. Malachi chapter 1 and verse 6. Malachi 1 verse 6. I'm dealing with honor today and I want you to understand um, this kingdom. It's about honor for honor. I want you to mark that as the heading. It's honor for honor. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If I then am the father, where is mine honors? If God is your father and you're saying our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. God's asking, where is my honor if I'm your father? So you don't even go into the kingdom and ask for your things. God needs you to understand honor and you're going to understand it today. It says, if I'm, if I'm a master, where is my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts. To you priests who despise my name, yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? So there's a, a way that you can be in the church. You can be a priest. You can be an elder. You can be um, a servant in the house of God. You can be a, a worshiper. You can be a volunteer. But you can actually go and walk in dishonor. I mean, the, the reverence that is required in the house of God. It's astounding how people treat God as their Facebook friend because they got an amen on, on, on Facebook or social media. That's ridiculous. He's your father. And he's the creator of the, creator of the universe. And he's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. And this generation needs to put back honor where it needs to be. Because I, I tell you the work of the wicked one around people's lives. You despise his name because when we speak about the word father, you'll find because of the enemy's attack on fathers and sons or fathers and, and daughters in, in a home, you'll find a lot of dishonor. But the enemy, that's his trick. That's his plan is to bring dishonor into your home and into your life so that when we start to speak about the father, a spiritual father, or you speak about your father in heaven, uh, you'll find this generation really struggling because they, don't not they do not understand the power of what it is to honor. So that, that dishonor has been rooted and it is, it is found in a, in a home. And you bring that into the church. And that's the reason why, you know, you're finding children struggling with so much. Let's bring clarity so that you can understand. So you despise God's name by, not, by having no reverence for him. You despise his name by placing no weight in, uh, in his presence. You speak about the Our Father. You know, you, by not spending time and placing weight on who he is. Um, God says, if I be your father, attached to the father should be honor. Should be honor. So let's understand this. What is honor? I'm going to give you some things that will help you. First Samuel chapter 2 and verse 30. Let's give some scripture to help. Therefore, 1 Samuel 2 verse 30. Therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. God says in this kingdom, it's honor for honor. If you don't learn how to honor God, your father in heaven, he, he, he treats all of your business, all of it. Likely. 
You don't honor him with your money. You don't honor him with your time. You don't set things straight. If he be your father, he's expecting honor. Now, you might never have been taught this at home. You might never have seen this before. But I'm letting you know the secret to this generation. One man of God said, if I, have, if I was left with one message to teach this generation, and I could preach nothing else for, for the rest of my days, I would teach on this message on honor. I want to say some things about honor so that you can just mark them and so that you can get some understanding. Every successful endeavor in life can be traced back to a place where you've chosen to honor. Some of these quotes come out of Mike Murdoch, and I think he's been so brilliant in terms of uh, giving the revelation of honor. If you fail in life, we can trace it back to a place where you failed to honor. That's it. And in the kingdom of God, you cannot ever work and walk around this kingdom with dishonor in your heart. The kingdom will never work for you. God will never come to you. You dishonor him, you'll shut down the supernatural, you'll shut down your destiny because dishonor is a destiny thief. It will rob you. I'll give you one instance. Remember the woman called Vashti? The king, that's what they do. They put their, he has a party for months and he's going and he's letting everyone, he's bragging about his kingdom and he calls in, he says, tell the wife she's having a party, but I needed to come here so she can show off what, who I am. Because kingdoms put their glory on display. And Vashti says, I'm not coming. Her dishonor disqualified her in the kingdom. That's why honor becomes the number one priority. If you want to come in this kingdom, there's no more important message than this particular message. If you dishonor God or God's people or anything around the kingdom of God, you are disqualified. You'll cancel your whole destiny. The reason why we're only speaking about, about um, Esther and the favor is because there was a woman of dishonor and that was heavy maintenance in the kingdom. No, you were supposed to bring honor in your worship, in your giving, in your lifestyle, in your prayer. Now you know why God doesn't treat everybody's prayers the same. There are some people that pray, but God treats it lightly because they treat him lightly. Honor means weight. To place weight on a thing. And if you do not put weight on the kingdom, the king and his kingdom, then God treats you the same. You know, a pile of a thousand applications. The person that honors, God will make sure that the hand goes right into the center and pull out that application and bring it to the top because that's an honorable person. That's for a child that would honor God even as a, a university student and an application in the church, honoring God. God will make sure, I can tell you countless times how youngsters came through, through where they had no money, where parents could not afford, where it was not possible. But God made sure that application goes to the top and opened up doors and gave them accommodation and gave them the ability to go and study and give them peace and breakthrough only because of honor. You cannot afford to walk in dishonor. Hello, our Father who art, in, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. On Honor your name. If I'm your Father, where's my honors? That's what God is asking. You're asking for all these things in my kingdom, but you refuse to honor me. Now, if you've never been taught honor in your house, we're going to show you today how to bring honor to God. The difference between the poor and the prosperous is simply found in whom they've chosen to honor. It's that simple. It's that simple. The difference between the poor and the prosperous is found in that 
these people, I chose to take God and not honor my gambling habit and my will. And I took my money and I put my tithe together and I go and I honor God first. And in his system, he prospers me through his system. I mean, yeah, I say it again. The book of Esther is really about a dishonorable woman who failed to honor her husband, the king. That's it. Honor makes you a fragrance. Dishonor makes you an odor. I can tell you the stench of people around me when I look at certain people and they want certain meetings and they're making certain demands and they want certain things from God and, you know, the, the Bible doesn't work for me, blah, 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 blah. I mean, the story's all the same. I can point it down a two streets, a single street. I put people on the one side and say, this is a dishonorable person. I put someone on the other side, here's an honorable person. That's how simple it is. God divides everybody. In fact, heaven and hell is divided between those that honor God and those who don't. It's that simple. So in any ministry, in every place, you can, you, you'll, you'll find that the world is separated between the honorable and the dishonorable. And in the kingdom of God, if you're ever going to pray and learn how to pray, you have to go and fix your heart around honor because all honor, please write this down, all honor flows from the heart. I'll give you scripture now. Let me just add one more, one more thing for you to understand. People who fail to enter into heaven and eternal life can trace it back to the place where they fail to honor Jesus Christ as Lord. It's that simple. Because here's a key. There are no dishonorable people in heaven. My God, that is really good. There are no dishonorable people in heaven. So God makes a clear distinction between the sinners and the saints. One is cursed and the other is blessed. Now you remember that sinners don't go to hell. Unbelievers do. The difference between all of us is what we've chosen to believe. We choose to honor God's word. We do choose to honor the Holy Spirit. We choose to honor our Father who's in heaven. That's why we pray. It's called the honor. So the key to success is found in whom you've chosen to honor. Your life is whom you've chosen to honor. That's the key to your success. Listen to what I say to you. Both John and Judas had the same mentor. It's not who teaches you. It is whom you've chosen to believe. So in a house like this, I can have both honorable and dishonorable people. In a great house. I'll get into the scripture now. It's found in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. If you dishonor the voice of the Holy Spirit, if you've never learned to build this inside of you, to listen to the Holy Spirit, you will fail in life. He's the one who teaches you to profit and leads you by the way that you should go. So when you come into the presence of God, you can spend an hour, you can spend two hours just worshiping and thanking him and bringing honor and cleansing your heart from every kind of dishonor toward God before you ask for anything. It's a good thing. Let me add some more statements. I'm just throwing out some statements. I'll get into scripture right now. The prisons are full because no one taught them to honor. That's why people are locked up. Because you violated principles. You are dishonorable. Now, you might not have heard the scriptures, but because of your dishonor, that's what happens to people. They get put aside for being dishonorable. And I can predict your future by seeing whom you've chosen to honor. If you're sitting on the throne of your heart, you are in big trouble already. Hmm. Let me just say this personally as your apostle and your pastor. 
I cannot help anyone who does not honor my voice. I can't help you. I can't help you. I can't give you counsel. I won't even spend time with you because you're not going to take my counsel anyway. And so I can't help you. I'm not the person to help you. You need to go to a church. I've had people walk in here and ask for counsel and I know for certain they're not even going to, they, they don't want my counsel. They want to go like through the motions. I stopped it. I stopped counseling when I know that people actually are not here for my voice. They want to impress either the wife or prove a point or, you know, vice versa. But I'm, I just, I stop because you're not here for counsel. You're here to go and, and if I don't agree with your, your stance or your belief system, then you get up and you leave. Hmm? I see it in the church. Those are dishonorable people. I do not spend time with dishonorable people. Hmm. So what is honor? Honor means to make something weighty or heavy. Something that's, Im uh, uh, that's impressive. Or something of importance. That's important. I like what Mike Murdoch says. He says, honor, uh, wisdom is the ability to recognize difference. Difference in people, difference in days, difference in moments, difference in, in, in gods, difference in, in parts of your body, in, in, in whatever. Everything that God has created for, is for a purpose. Wisdom is the ability to recognize difference. Why do you want to recognize difference? So you may know whom to honor. Where do I put weight? You see, there are many gods but I put my weight behind this God, this father of mine in heaven. I form part of a kingdom and this kingdom is my priority. So it becomes my number one goal in life is to honor the king and to advance his kingdom. That's it for me. And anybody else outside of that, I've tried life, man. I've, we've tried many things, but I've made sure that I've, I've, I've made up my mind where I stand. And mine for the rest of my days is to honor the king and to advance his kingdom. I make that weighty. I make that impressive. I put my weight behind that because in my heart, all honor flows from the heart. In my heart, the kingdom is my number one priority. Pleasing my father is my number one priority. Whatever he says, I want to do that. That's honor. That's honor. So it is possible for you to be in a church, Matthew 15, verse 8. You can be, it's possible for these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So it is possible for you to sing songs and your heart not be in the kingdom. It is possible for you to pray and the kingdom not be your priority. It is possible for you to be connected with all the people, but your heart is somewhere else. And how do I know what's in your heart? According to Matthew 6 verse 21. For where your treasure is that, there your heart will be also. So what God does is, when you come into the kingdom of God, and before you ask for anything, set your heart straight. And if there's anything that is distracting your heart, moving you outside of the will of God, and even you can find it through your money, or the fears, or running out, or disobeying God, you need to come back to the place of where God creates in you a clean heart. So that when you pray, you pray from a, a pure place. And you know that whenever God asks you to do something, you can do it because your father is your father and he deserves the glory, the praise, and all the honor. You see that? So you get to put your money, not where your mouth is. We all get to put our money where our heart is. 
Your heart establishes where your money goes. Because where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. So if your heart has got honor toward God, you'll always wake up every morning to want to hear his voice and follow his instruction. That's giving your father honor. That's it. That's the beginning of your prayer. This is the beginning of the Our Father. This is the model of how we pray. A lack of honor in any house results in no weightiness to our prayers. Now you understand why God treats people's prayers lightly. He says, no, even if I speak to them, I know they won't follow my instruction. So why would I even tell you? Even if I tell them what to do, they're not going to do it anyway. So God just stops speaking to you because he knows that those people with their hearts far from God, they can say it with their lips, but they never do it. They never follow through with it because all honor flows from the heart. I hope you're getting this. And so honor is not a one-way street. It's a two-way street. God says, if you honor me, I will honor you. I will make your prayers weighty. I'll bring yours to the top of the pile. I'll open doors for you. I'll make things work for you and your family. Because this kingdom is honor for honor. Are you hearing me? It's honor for honor. Proverbs 26 verse 1. I just want you, you know, we're still laying out some of the negative stuff, but I want you to see it anyway. As snow in summer and rain in harvest, so honor, you're not supposed to be expecting snow in summer or even rain in harvest time. It says, so honor is not fitting for the fool. What is a fool? A fool says in his heart, there is no God. Then why pray? Why ask him? Why go through just a religious exercise? I mean, if he's your God, the Bible says, he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of those who deliver. You must believe that he's God. Why pray? You're supposed to have a relationship with him. So Psalms 14 verse 1 says, the fool said in his heart, there is no God. So please fix your relationship first with God before you begin to pray. That he has the check. He has the money in his account. He has the ability. He has the power. Because that's your belief system straight. Huh? John 12, 24. Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. You're going to pray to your father. He's going to speak back to you that you need to follow him. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, my father will honor him. There you go, volunteers. There you go. You want to come and serve God in his house and you want to set his house to fix your heart. You know, volunteering is the most is, is sometimes the most difficult, but it's the most empowering. Because volunteering is the only way I can know that you are doing what you're doing for God and not for yourself because there's no financial reward. I'm doing it only because of the King of Kings. And if, as long as you keep your heart pure in serving and not expecting a reward from man, God will honor you. If you serve him, he says, my father will honor you. I speak to every volunteer, be encouraged because this is the way that you get into the kingdom and the way you begin to function with a pure heart because God rewards and God promotes out of a pure heart. You want to keep your heart pure and volunteering is the most powerful way to do it.
because you will, you will serve people that will never pay you and will never even smile back at you. But because it's the kingdom of God, you're doing all that you're doing as unto the Lord. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. How do you break a generational curse? Exodus 20 verse 12. Honor your father and your mother. Then you will live a long life, a long full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Ephesians 6 and verse 2. Honor your father and your mother, for this is the first commandment with promise. So that word generation, the word generation is broken up in two words. It is the ration of genes. If you're failing in this life, um, then we can show you a place of dishonor, right? And so um, when it's the ration of genes, that's what the word generation really means. So anybody who's dishonorable, their genes are rationed to one generation. You need to come back to the place of honoring God so God can increase you, that God can bring that, that generational blessing into your life. So when, when you come into, this, into the kingdom, the number one lesson in the Our Father prayer is honor. Please hear me. You want your prayers to be weighty. You want God to honor your prayers. You want God to hear you. And if there's nobody in your family that has ever had uh, a place of honor, you can break it. Have a look at Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me again saying, what do you mean when you use this proverb concerning the land of Israel saying, the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. That means your parents could never have prayed or dishonored God. And you see the mess in your family. You see the, how the family is scattered. You see the brokenness. You see the poverty. You see the failure in life. And it's all connected to the dishonor. There's something you can do about it. As I love, verse 3 says, says the Lord God, you shall no longer use this proverb in Israel. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the father as well as the soul of the son is mine. The soul whose sins shall die. The one that is dishonorable, they'll die. But it doesn't have to be that way with you. He says, just in verse 9, it says, if he has walked in my statutes and kept my judgments fully, he's just. He shall surely live, says the Lord. That means that if poverty ran in your family because of dishonoring God, his word, the our father prayer and the like, poverty can run out. If it runs in your family, it runs out with you. If prayerlessness ran in your family, it runs out with you. If ignorance ran in your family, it runs out with you. If divorce, brokenness, witchcraft, sangomas, if that was what was running in your family, it stops with you in Jesus' mighty name. You're going to learn how to pray. You're going to cut off those generational curses. If the curse ran in your family, it's going to end with you. How do you do that? You bring honor to God. You begin to pray accurately. You begin to lift up your, your father. You begin to see the generational blessing. You can start a generational blessing in your life if you begin to lift up the name of Jesus and you begin to honor your father through prayer and the revelation and the understanding. Have a look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. You can become a vessel of honor. And I'm saying this to you. Just because you are in the kingdom of God does not mean that people are honoring God. Can I show you in scripture? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. In a, but in a great house. The kingdom is a great house. This is not talking to an unbeliever. Ezekiel's talking about fathers that have sinned. 
that has set the children's teeth on edge. And somebody that can come into the kingdom can say, it stops with me. I stopped the gambling in my life. I stopped the divorce. I stopped the, the strife. I stopped the poverty. I stopped the ignorance. I went to work. I cut this thing off because I'm standing as a son of God. And I made sure that we come and to a generational blessing. My children are experiencing it. Why? It's because one man stood and said, stop so far and no more. I'm going to honor God. I'm going to honor him in my family. And I did it. I started this journey. 25 years ago and glory be to God. I didn't even waste my time get by getting saved because being saved, you know, you found out is not enough. It's good for heaven. But if you want to have dominion in the earth, you're going to have to know a little more because you can have a saved mindset, but not a dominion mindset. Have a look at, at 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 20. What are we doing? But in a great house now, so you born again, right? So you've come into a great house. There are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he'll be a vessel of for honor. Wow. So have a look at this because, you know, this great house, some are gold, some are silver, some for wood and clay, some for honor, some for dishonor. And I just thought, well, then God will set it up that way. You know, if God wants an honorable vessel, he'll do it. And people just happen to be. And then there's others that are dishonorable and there's, you know, Judas and then there's, there's Peter and, you know, John and, and the like. And so you decide, you know, God decided who goes where. Have a look at the scripture. It says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he'll be a vessel of honor. If you choose to rid yourself of dishonor, you can become a vessel of honor. If you choose to put your father in his kingdom your heavenly father and his kingdom is your number one priority. You can come into a place of where you become a vessel of honor. God doesn't choose becomes a vessel of honor and a vessel of dishonor. We do. Sanctified and useful for the master. Prepared for every good work. We decide. I decide. You decide that you want to become a vessel of honor for the kingdom of God. God doesn't choose it. It's when I rid myself, if you continue studying the scripture, like verse 22 says, flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. There you go. The heart and honor go hand in hand. Watch a man's heart and he can plant in his heart a spirit of honor. He can walk with that all the days of his life and he can be rid of anything that is perverse and unrighteous. And I'm, wherever I go, I'm going to honor the, my God. When Remember with Joseph when he was tempted and Pharaoh's wife came, Potiphar's wife came and she asked to sleep with him. He said, how can I, not, how can I sin? Not against my boss, your husband. He says, how can I sin against my God? You see, your private space lets you know whether you're a person of honor. That's why your private, your private walk with God, your time in your closet, your time of praying and praying to your father in heaven. Let him cleanse your heart of anything perverse and unrighteous. Don't go in there religiously. Religion says, I just go through the motions. I can honor God with my lips, but my heart can be far from it. God looks on the heart of man to promote him. That's why you rid yourself when you go into the presence of God. Let it be okay that God rips away anything that is perverse and unrighteous so that you can respond to God in a righteous and in a holy way. Have a look at Mark chapter 6. Verse 1 says about Jesus. He always honored the father. His response was always in the time of trouble. When he was on the cross. 
He says, Father, into your hand I commend my spirit. Why have you forgotten me? Where are you? Why have you forsaken me? But you see this, when it comes to honor and the heart of a man, why you need to go and you need to pray the Our Father and say, hallowed be thy name. You want to sanctify God's name in your heart. You want to walk with an honor in your heart, always responding righteously, not just in your prayer life, in your every single day. Walk with God because all honor flows from the heart of a man. Keep it pure because that's where God promotes. That's where God promotes. That's what makes us a fragrance. Anybody's got dishonor in their hearts, you can smell it all around them. They're dishonorable to their own fathers. They're dishonorable in their marriages. They're dishonorable to the people around them. They live that way. We come back in our prayer closet. We allow God because we want to be vessels of honor. We allow God to work in our hearts and we're quick to repent. We are quick to apologize. We are quick to make right. Why? Because you need to guard your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the forces of life. Are you still with me? Have a look at Mark chapter 6. Jesus always honored his father. Always. Now look how dishonorable the people were with him. He's got all the anointing. He's got the grace. He's got all that he needs to help people. Have a look at this. Then he went out from there and came to his own country and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue and many hearing him were astounded saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? So were they, they were offended at him. He's got the answer and you've offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went on to a circuit teaching other people. I am amazed when people say, ah, this is just Max. Your dishonor has shut down the supernatural in your life. I'm watching our people that I have an answer for them. I know how to help them and to bring them out and to guide them into their destiny, into their purpose. But because of their dishonor, they're around me all the time. But they can't break into what God has got for them. Even family members, even relatives, even people that have been so, uh, so near me all these many years. Mm. the disease of nearness you got to be careful of because you walk through that service and you come into the service thinking that, you know, ah, it's just another Sunday. Your dishonor toward God and with no expectation is shutting down the supernatural in your life. Now you find little miracles over people's lives. You don't find great breakthroughs. You don't find eyes and miracles being healed and financial breakthroughs. I tell you because of one reason only is the dishonor in people's hearts. You be careful about the dishonor. That's the reason why we tithe. That's the reason why we go back to church every Sunday. That's the reason why we keep serving. That's why we allow God to come and do in our hearts every single day what he needs to do. Because the number one thing is that if your heart goes into a place of disbelief and dishonor, you shut down the, the supernatural and you can even cancel your destiny, Vashti. I'm watching people with great gifts. But because of dishonor, God can take them no further. 
you stay in that place as you pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. If he's your father, where's the honor? Where's the putting the side of your money and saying, do not touch that money. It belongs to my father in heaven and I'm going to go to church on Sunday and I'm going to honor him with my tithes and my offering and my worship. That is what sets you apart. That's what makes you weighty in your prayers. That's what gives you breakthrough wherever you go is because of the weightiness in your heart towards the kingdom and your father who's in heaven. Many of you got problems. I get it with your natural father. And you've been unable to relate to anybody else and bring honor on Father's Day, on birthdays, and being able to celebrate that. It brings a lot of pain for some people, but I'm letting you know it's a work of wickedness. Can you forgive your natural father? And then, of course, you go a step further and you go into a church and you find a spiritual father. Maybe you've never connected with him. Maybe you did. Maybe at one point you had a great relationship, but it's affected your walk. If in your prayer life, because there's unforgiveness or the, maybe the way you left that church, listen, the way you exit the place is, is the way you enter a place. If you left this honorably, do not expect honor to be, to, to, to be in the next place because the seed of dishonor is in you. What you want to do is fix your heart. That's why you forgive your father. You go and you break bread. You go and forgive those that failed you, even uncles or anybody else, a man that has hurt you and the like. We know about this. There's many people that struggle. But what is the number one game of the enemy? What does he want to do? He wants to destroy that image on the inside of you concerning what fathers should do. And because you can't relate to that image and because you can't relate to that, uh, any person in the natural around a father, a spiritual father, a natural father, an uncle that hurt you or the like, you now stop praying to your heavenly father. God created that in the earth, that you have an earthly father. And the enemy has done a work on all of us concerning fatherhood. And then you go into the, the church and you could have had challenges in a church with a spiritual father. But I'm letting you know that you need to break through both of those. If you've never had a problem with any one of them, you are blessed. You are so unique because I am yet to find somebody who's not had a problem with their natural father, an absent father, a passive father, an abusive father, a father who wasn't there for them. That is, they, they struggle with that to connect with their heavenly father. And then they come into a church and sometimes they get disappointed over there as well. And I've disappointed people because, you know, we are all just, I mean, we're not God. We try to do as best as we can. I don't want people to ever go and have a struggle with their heavenly father because I stood in the way. Not for my natural children, not for my spiritual children. I want to be that father for them. So that when you pray, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, you love to stay in that place. You love his presence. You love to hear his voice. You want to listen to what he's got to say. And if he corrects, if he corrects you, I get happy. Why? Because whom he loves, he corrects. And it's beautiful. So when you come into the kingdom of God, you are belonging to a family. You belong to, if your mother and your father's forsaken you, the kingdom is here and your heavenly father is here. And, but he wants you to be healed here. Because when I know that my heavenly father is, is, is good with me, I can go through whatever I can go on the, on the ground. Because I keep honoring him. I'm here, even if people fail me, I'm here to honor my father in heaven. I'm here to honor the king and to advance his kingdom. And the same is with you. 
That's why your worship, you keep it pure. You keep your money pure. You keep your prayer life pure. You stay in that place until the God has dealt with anything in your heart that is perverse and unrighteous that would hinder him from speaking to your heart. This is the Our Father prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Relationship first. Honor first. If you honor him, he's going to honor you. Those who honor me, I will honor them. If you treat God lightly and you treat his kingdom lightly, his kingdom is not a priority for you. Do not expect God to come in and help you and build your stuff. You don't think anything. This is honor for honor. This is honor for honor. And if you can stay in this place and if you can learn how to build honor in your heart and you become a fragrance before God, anytime you open up your mouth, God will guide you into your destiny. God will bring you into the center of his will. God will make sure that, that no matter who's treated you, however they've treated you in the church, when, when you've sown, when you've served, and you've done it as unto him, the Bible says, my father will honor them. It's honor for honor. I pray that you understand this today. This is the season that you really understand the importance of the Our Father prayer. For you, it is being given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. I pray for you today. I pray that God will heal the brokenness that you've been through. I pray that God will heal that wounded heart of yours. That one that lets you know that, that's telling you that there's no way your heavenly father cares for you. You're not an orphan. You're a son of a living God. And God's healing the broken hearted in this season. Restoring every heart and every mind. And bring you back into a place of stability and understanding. That when you ask your father, remember. You didn't sow your seed to a man of God. You're not doing it as unto your father or whatever. You're doing it because, not because he's, he's, he doesn't drink or he hasn't messed around. No, you do it because the Bible tells you so. And you are a person of honor. Wherever you go, you are a person of honor. And even though others are dishonorable and they don't treat you right. No, I keep honor in my heart. doesn't matter who they are. And that's going to be your story. And that's going to be your, your history, your, your journal before the kingdom of God. Is that you've learned to honor people because you're first honoring your father who is in heaven. Do it as unto him. May God heal the brokenness and may God strengthen you on every side. And may, may you go sit on your father's lap and be restored and be healed and made right with your heavenly father. Then it's easy to forgive everybody else because they don't know what they do. Father, forgive them. May that be your prayer today? For they know not what they do. If your father, your, your, your earthly father, if he knew better, he would do better. It's that father wound that everybody's trying to heal. And the devil has done a trick, but it ends with you. The fathers have eaten sour grapes, set the children's teeth on edge, but it ends with you. You will not pass down that generational curse You'll continue to build your life and build your life for the kingdom of God. I trust this has blessed you. I trust that God will strengthen you and give you understanding as you just keep listening and developing in the word of God for the glory of God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Well, God bless you. This is Apostle Max. This is Kingdom Keys where we speak all things kingdom. To you, it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. To everybody else, all things come, all things come in parables. But I love you. God bless you. Until next time, we'll see you then. Mm -hmm.